0: Jess, what's going on? Welcome to the Accountable Love Podcast, where love means being accountable. Today, we're going to discuss how words need context to have meaning. Words, they allow us to communicate what's happening internally. They allow us to connect. They allow us to also disconnect with words. We can destroy people. We can hurt people. We can bring people closer. We can love people. We can. Allow people to understand us fully if we use the right wording at the right time, with the right context. Context is everything. So remember, when you use your words, make sure you use them to strengthen your relationships. All right, enjoy. Now, when I was younger and growing up, I always heard people say how words have power. And the first thing I used to always ask was, what does that mean? Words have power. I know words give us the ability to express our emotions. I know words give us the ability to, you know, express ourselves, identify ourselves, to introduce ourselves to the world, talk about our ambitions, talk about, you know, right and wrong and things that we want to get off our chest, you know. Our thought process, things of that nature. But when I thought about them having power, I always thought, you know, if you're confident, you're fully, you know, I mean, like you're fully in touch with who you are. You have self-awareness. You can fully have a clear understanding of, you know, words not having power over you because words have to have meaning. Words have to have context. And then I scroll down social media and I realize one person can make a statement and that statement is all over social media and it could derail their life and it could derail their lifestyle. And it could also, you know, hurt their business, their livelihood, things of that nature. And people take it as fact. So that got me to thinking like words without context, what do it really mean? Like I had people use the word change by itself, independent. I hear people use the word judgment, independent of. I hear people use the word, you know, cheetah. I hear people use the word joy. I hear people use the word, you know, education. I know pe- I hear people use the word partnership, friend, without context. Now, context changes the value of the word. So, first, let's discuss change, just using the word change independently. So, when we're discussing relationships, So many people talking about growth and change and things of that nature, like we have to change, we have to evolve. But have you ever looked around you and seen people that found stability? The whole point in joining relationships is to find stability. So, yes, we're going to make positive changes. So you see how I use the word positive change and there's negative change. Change is infinite. It's always happening around us. So, within all this change, we're trying to search for stability within our relationships. We are finding people who are gonna constantly give us a sense of understanding, give us a sense of self, give us a sense of knowing. We know we can rely on them, count on them. knowing that's without change. That's knowing is it's not changing. It's something that you could depend on. It's something you know for sure. So it's something you believe you know for certain. so though life changes, we're getting older. There's a lot of change within the world overall. When we use the word change and just make it such a great thing without having context, without explaining how that change benefits the lifestyle, benefits the friendship, benefits the partnership, benefits you as a parent, benefits you as a coworker, benefits you as, you know, a human being, you have to see the benefit of the change. And in doing that, you have to give a a story, you have to give context. Because just using the word change is not going to establish anything. So telling somebody they just need to change without showing them why they need to change, how they need to change, why it's important for them to change, giving them context, giving them definition, giving them an understanding of what the word change means and the changes they need to make so the relationship flourishes. Or so you actually can flourish as a human being if somebody's just stepping in to try to give you pointers and trying to give you understanding of, why you need to change and the adjustments you need to make. If it's not benefiting your lifestyle, stay consistent. That's the whole point of it. The whole point of being in any relationship is to find a consistent flow because the happiest people on this earth, and I can guarantee you, if you walk up to them and you see happy people, it's because they have stability. It's because they repeat the same thing over and over again, and they enjoy their life as is. They're not always searching for the next high. They're not always searching for the next change. Though change is constantly happening around them. So you can't go through life without change. But there's positive changes, there's negative changes, there's changes that don't affect you at all. There's, there's a constant, it's constantly changing. We're constantly changing. The world is constantly changing. So you join relationships for stability. So stop using change independent of and just saying change without giving it context, without defining, without giving reasonable evidence. Now, we constantly see people use the word judgment. Don't judge. And I always hear the people that actually use that. So now this goes back to where people always say, think for yourself. When we're talking about judgment, it's typically benefiting the person who actually acted against the relationship. It's constantly benefiting the person who actually wants to do things independent of who always wants to do selfish actions, who always wants to not benefit the relationship. We always encourage people as love snobs to stay away from people who avoid judgment because the reason why you choose certain people over other people is because of judgment. But let's look at it in context. You shouldn't judge whether somebody should live or die unless you're at risk, unless you're defending yourself, unless it's self-defense. Other than that, if we're talking about now taking it into your own hands to eliminate somebody just because you feel a certain way, yeah, that's final judgment, right? So the context is you have to put final judgment in front of judgment, right? But now when you're looking at judging what you eat, judging which, how you sleep, judging who you have in your life, judge, you're constantly judging. You're constantly judging people that's in your life. And people who have high standards and have high have, have, high value in their life, they embrace judgment because they know they want the best. So they expect the best and they give the best. And when they fall short, you have to judge the action to now change the action. You have to judge the action to apologize for the action. You got to judge the action. You got to say whether the action was wrong. You got to say whether the action was right. Judgment goes both ways. Telling somebody they're pretty is a judgment. Telling somebody they're ugly is a judgment. Telling somebody they're unintelligent is a judgment. All of it is a judgment. So if you do not want people around you, judgment is not a bad thing. It separates who you're going to bring into your life and who you're going to avoid from being in your life. And sometimes you're wrong. Now, when we're talking about placing judgment and being wrong, then you say, "Okay, I was wrong. Not for judging. I was wrong because the judgment was wrong. It was actually not what I thought you were. So that now making that decision was wrong, but we make decisions based on our judgments and judgment is not a, it's not a bad thing. Now, if you have poor judgment, you see how I said poor judgment that gives it context that's saying that you typically make poor decisions when you're left to your own devices and you're left to make decisions for yourself. So you need somebody to come in and support you and help you make better judgments. You need support. You need work in that area. So now you make poor judgment, but there are people who are good judge of character. They make good judgment. So they constantly want people around them that are going to benefit their life. People that they can benefit their life. People that's actually going to enhance our lives. That's the whole point of any relationship is to enhance each other's lives. So when you look at judgment, stop looking at it as a negative, but we just say, I don't judge. We all judge. So, First thing you know when somebody says, I don't judge, they're politicians. But if you're just saying, don't judge me, you're in turn saying that that person, you're judging that person because you already acknowledge that they're judging you. So at the end of the day, just think about the words that's being used in independent of, don't judge. There's a story behind that judgment. If you can show evidence, you can show reason of why you're judging that person based on that behavior based on that action, based on what they're doing. Judgment is just the evaluation. It's an evaluation process. It's just saying, you might've done something, might've crossed me in a way that I can't recover from, and I'm moving on. Or you might've done something amazing, something great. That's also a judgment. I want you in my life. So we're judging who enters our lives, who leaves our lives all the time. We're judging who we want around us. We're judging who has nice clothes, who's attractive, who's unattractive. We're judging all the time. So when people say don't judge, that's what our free will stems from. The fact that we have the ability to judge and make decisions and decide. And decisions aren't made without judgment. So just think about that. Next person that says, don't judge. They're political. They're being politicians. And nine times out of 10, they're the ones committing the crimes or they're the ones committing acts against the relationship. So who does it benefit? That's what you need to do when you think for yourself. You need to think is it benefiting us or is it benefiting the individual? Because it should never benefit the individual over the whole. It should always benefit everybody. And if you're going to do individualistic things, it should benefit the whole or shouldn't take from the whole. So you, And when you're doing the individual things, it shouldn't take from the whole. It shouldn't be a selfish act. Okay? Now let's talk about cheetah. We cheat in a variety of ways. Without context, we wouldn't know what form of cheating we're discussing. There's people that go out and physically cheat. You know, they find somebody in the club in a bar walking down the street, a coworker, you know, however they come in contact with their person. They are in a committed relationship and they decide to step on the relationship. That's acknowledging that they are judging. That's acknowledging that they calling that person a cheater. It's nothing wrong with acknowledging that because that person has cheated. But, you have to have a clear understanding of it's a physical form of cheating because we cheat in so many ways. We cheat emotionally, meaning when you come home every day, you're so bent out of shape, you're so worn out, you're not really giving your relationship any time, your partner any time, you're not giving any comfort to your partner. You stepped out a long time ago. So before the act of physically cheating happened, Emotionally cheating. You're emotionally cheating on your partner and they possibly physically cheated and you all have to decide what's more important. You have to decide what you value more. You have to make those decisions. But it's both cheating. So you have to understand that psychologically cheating, you know, we're not just talking about having arguments and discussion and acknowledging when a person is wrong, acknowledging how you feel about a person, acknowledging that somebody offended you and not. Acknowledging things that's wrong with a person, acknowledging that you feel maybe you don't find a person attractive anymore, acknowledging those things as acknowledgement. But when you're talking about just putting somebody down for the sake of personal gain, for the sake of your ego, for the sake of, you know, making yourself feel better, you're psychologically abusing that person. You're psychologically cheating because your promise was to enhance this person's life, not to take from it. So you have to think about that when you think about using the word cheater. How are you cheating? What are you cheating? Give it context. Why did that person physically cheat? Was this person emotionally cheating? Do we give a pass to emotional cheating more than we give a pass to physically cheating? You know, just like we do, you know, in some standings in abuse, but we're not going to really go into abuse. But you got to understand it comes in a variety of ways. So you have to acknowledge it. Now, a cheater is a cheater is a cheater. But even when my 16-year-old was Around seven years old, she was able to identify the difference between somebody who did cheat and somebody who is a cheater. And she was given a clear understanding. Why? Because she had context When she came home, she, we had a clear understanding of calling a person a cheater, is saying that that person does this a variety of ways. This person's doing this as their lifestyle, calling a, saying a person did cheat is saying that that person committed that act at that moment, but that's not who they are in character. So context plays a big role in discussing things and having discussions within our relationship. Now we talk about joy. I hear people just saying, you know, uh, I have joy. It brings me joy. Some people get joy from giving people pain. Some people get joy from supporting people. We don't know what brings this person joy so you have to first understand in context who this person is where this person's joy stems from you can't just say everybody equally gets joy in the same way you have to have a clear understanding of what joy means what does it mean to have joy you can't just use words without context you can't just say my joy is his joy should be his joy or her joy you have to use it in context all the time. Tell your story. You know, what makes a person, what brings a person joy, you know? Get a clear understanding of what brings a person joy. Just because a person's smiling don't mean that they're always joyous. Just because a person we all know the person that comes to work with a smile on their face, comes to work always with great energy, comes to work, you know, faking it. And then when you actually talk to them and have a discussion with them, they're not as positive as you think. So we from the outside look at it as joy and we are motivated by that word joy without understanding in context what it means. Joy is a lifestyle, it's a state of being. It's not just an emotion that you feel in a moment. It's the way you live your life most of the time. It's the way it's something you strive for on a daily basis. It's something you have to reach when you wake up. So to truly have joy, define the word. to fully have joy, make sure that you're not just saying joy is synonymous with happiness or happy. You're saying joy is a lifestyle, something you inspire to be. So understand words should have context. Can't just put a word on somebody and think that it sticks. You have to, before you use the word, make sure you have reason and evidence. Make sure that this person is consistently in a joyful state. Make sure this person is consistently positive. Make sure that this person is consistently on point i saying all the time because nothing's absolute with man, but it's consistent. When you look at that person, that person is a person who brings you joy. Meaning when you look at them and when you deal with them on a regular basis, when you're not away, from, when you're away from them and they come home, when you're away from them, you show up or you meet up with them, they bring you joy. That means it's a consistent feeling you have for them. It's a consistent feeling that they bring to you. So, Don't just limit it to one thing, two things. Limit it, make sure you don't make sure you have a clear understanding of what joy means. Make sure you have a clear understanding that it's a consistent thing. So we hear people discuss education. Now, before there was school systems, before there was, you know, systems in place, people were still educated, whether they was hunting, whether they was on the land. Education is a variety of things. You know, you have to have context to say somebody's uneducated or to say somebody's educated. Have context. This person went to school. They are intelligent or they have the ability, they have the intellect to excel in a school system. A Person is, can be intelligent when it comes to life. A person can be intelligent when it comes to surviving. Intellect and intelligence is two different things. Education. It's two different things. You know what I mean? To be educated is to be informed. It means that you have a clear understanding or vast knowledge on whatever subject it is. So you have to be clear when you call somebody uneducated. You have to be clear when you say somebody is educated. Saying somebody is uneducated means that they don't have a vast knowledge on certain, on, on, on most subjects. They have no knowledge base about life. They have no, like they are not clear on any, aspect of life versus somebody's educated. Doesn't just mean they have a degree. It just means that they are very informed, whether they're self-educated, whether they're educated through an institution, whether they're educated through experiences, if they have vast knowledge on any topic or any subject, they were educated in that subject. But you have to be clear on what you're saying. You have to give context. Don't just use words and think that now when somebody follows up with questions, you better have something to back it up. You got to have reason and evidence, which also shows you're educated because you shouldn't use anything out of context. You shouldn't call somebody something to degrade them. You shouldn't call somebody something to now say, or call somebody a word to and not have reason and evidence to back it up. You acknowledge that what makes us human is not the fact that we're failing. Or the fact that that we're experiencing is the fact that we are able to acknowledge and express and show evidence and reason to our experiences. That's what separates us. That's what makes us human. So when you have a clear understanding of why you're using words like change and judgment and cheating, joy and now education, be clear on what you're discussing when you're in your relationship. Make sure you're clear. Use a word. Give it context not just definition, give it context, back the words up with reason and evidence. So when a person is educated, it doesn't mean that they're one is book smart. One is street savvy. One is, you know, there's other forms. There's a whole bunch of forms of education. And when you're talking to somebody that's educated, they're well-versed in what they're discussing. That's what education is. That's what being educated is. Overall, you're able to experience life. You're able to understand life. And you're able to express life and you're able to inform other people about whatever information or knowledge you have or knowledge base you have. It's being well-educated. When we're talking about partnership, now let's get into the relationship portion of things. We're talking about a partnership. We hear partnership and naturally people think romantic partner. You see, romantic partner is different than just a partnership. You have to be clear context. Romantic gives it the context of now it's a relationship that is far beyond friendship. So it's a romantic partnership. Now, you know, these are two people either trying to get in a committed relationship or they already committed their spouses. Right. But when you just say partnership, it can be just for means. It can be we open a business together and we have no relationship outside of the business. We're just partners because we went into the business fifty-fifty. I don't even know this person, but I know this person was an investor, or I know this person can benefit the business. So we went fifty-fifty. There's other partnerships. We know we my running partner. That's a partnership. You just meet meet up with them to run. So without context, just using partnership. This is my partner. You can't just use this is my partner because nobody knows what does that mean when you're introducing them. You have to be clear and give it context so people have a clear understanding what that partnership entails. Why are they partners? What makes them partners? And that's what I mean where we get lazy and we just, well, that's my partner. And you're like, okay, how is that your partner? Does the partnership have value? What makes this person your partner? So you have to tell the story. You have to be clear on what's going on. You have to have reason and evidence. You have to make sure that you have a clear understanding of what partnership means. When you're in your relationships, it's the same thing. You have to define your terms. And we talk about that in all of our other podcasts about the importance of communication and defining your terms and making sure that when you are speaking, y'all are speaking the same language. Because you can use the same term and it can mean something different to everybody. So now when you think when words have power, you're thinking words lack the power when you're not giving the words context. And when you're just using the word to quote unquote, place a judgment on somebody without context. Right. And that's more prejudgment because you have no evidence or reason to back up your stance or your statement. So be clear on that. When you have a partnership, a partnership means a variety of things. So give it context. This is my romantic partner. This is my business partner. This is my running partner. This is my exercise partner. This is my, you know, my phone partner. This is however it works. You have to put something in front of it to give it context. It's then alone means nothing. It means nothing at all. It doesn't give you a clear understanding like every other word we mentioned. Just saying change. Change goes both ways. Just saying judgment. Judgment has a variety of ways you can do it. Just like cheating. Cheating has a variety of ways you can cheat. Joy. So variety of things that bring us joy. Give it context. Give it a story. Education is a bunch of ways you can be educated. So just because a person is doesn't come off as well versed as you think they should come off. Really dig deep. Fully understand where they're coming from before you can say They lack education. So when you're now dealing with partnership, don't use partnership alone. Identify what they are. Identify what's going on, because it's big for our communication It's big for us to make decisions and have a clear understanding of what this person entails and how this person mean what this person means to you. Friend, you have to have standards in friendship. You can't just say, oh, this is my friend. And then say somebody you met two days ago is your friend. You just changed what the word friendship means or friend means, right? So friend could be for you. If you feel is it the person you met two days ago, or it's a person you knew for five years, but I'm telling you the person you knew for five years is looking at you. If this person's your friend then what am I? So you have to be clear on what friend means. You know, you have to have stages. There's acquaintances. There's, you know, there's friends, there's a family. There's, you know, there's the variety of ways you can, Basically express what relationship you're in, but you should be clear on your relationship because if you use the same term for 27 different types of people, you're going to get lost in the sauce. And I guarantee 20 of those people are having an issue with not it not being defined thoroughly. So if that person that's treating you poorly can be your friend, but I'm forced to treat you good or I'm not your friend. That that doesn't add up. That doesn't compute. So when we're talking about words having power, it's really the context what the words mean have the power what the words entail, because you can tell me I'm unattractive. You can tell me I'm ugly. It's not going to mean much to me if I don't think I'm ugly. It's going to be mean very little. But if I feel ugly on the inside, I can be super attractive. But if I feel my self-esteem is low, I feel unattractive in that text, in that context, there's. The power comes from the person already feeling low, because if a person has a high value of themselves, it doesn't feel a certain way. They don't feel no way and they brush it off because it means nothing to them because it doesn't align with what they think of themselves. But when we talk about words having power. Now, when you're now gathering a group of people against a person without having reason and evidence and context, it's not person to person. Now, you're degrading the person based on the word choice, based on what's being used. So, you ever had somebody walk up to you and say, Yo, you just need to change. Why do I need to change? Why do you feel I need to change? Does this change benefit you or does this change benefit me? Are you really, you know, there's a bunch of questions that come with it. And there's not a lot of people that's willing to answer the questions. So, you have to now look at the words and look at the relationships. That we are building where we are not giving it context, we're not giving our words context, so we're using them, but we're not following up with all the answers that's going, all the questions the answer to the questions is that, that word is going to bring, or that word is going to basically you know spark any any different answers or spark any questions. so I just wanted to discuss with y'all about just about how Words need context to have meaning. Words don't have meaning as a standalone. And yes, we have dictionaries. We have a dictionary meaning. We have a clear understanding of a variety of ways you can use this word or a variety of meanings they may have. But what gives it meaning is putting something in front of it to clearly establish the strength of the word or establish where you're going with the word and When you're saying these different things like change and judgment and cheating and joy and education and partner and friend, when you're using these terms, and that's just to state a few of them, when you're using these terms, give it context, give it strength, give it the power. We talk about words having because what makes a word have true true power is it having reason and evidence behind it. It's having a story. It's having context. It has something you can back it up with. So when you're calling somebody something and you can back it up with prior actions, you can back it up with, you know, with behaviors from the past. You can back it up with things you see. You can back it up with reason. You can back it up with evidence. You can back it up with context. You can give a story to give the example of why you're using that term. Then, yeah, you can use it and it's well justified. But if you can't give it context and you're just using the term independent of and thinking people have a clear understanding of what you're talking about. That's not what's going to go down. That's not going to strengthen your relationship. And that's definitely not going to enhance your communication. So, you know, think about it. I want you to think about not just the words I decided to focus on, because there's some of the words I pull from, you know, social media and that I see people use. As if they're, you know, as if they're playing victim or they're telling their story and people understand what they're saying based on the fact that they're using trigger words. Right. I'm saying give it strong value, give it strong context where you're giving us a full understanding of why these words are being used. And that's what's going to allow people to take your words serious. And that's what's going to give your words power is when you have a clear understanding, you have reason and evidence, you have context. And in your relationships, make sure all the words you choose to use or when you identify somebody as something or you're defining something, make sure you give it context. Make sure you have a clear understanding of why you're doing what you're doing or saying what you're saying. It's not just an emotional emotional response or it's not just something that, that triggered you. It's something that you clearly understand because it's a pattern and it's something that you can fully show the other person where they're going wrong or where they're going right. All right. So this is another, you know, accountable love podcast. My name's Aziz and you know, continue to listen to the podcast and build your relationship, make your relationships more accountable. All right, enjoy. So remember when being in a accountable and healthy relationship, you have to define your terms. You have to make sure that each person is speaking the same language and defining the words in a similar fashion. Because without that, your relationship will just lack effective communication, and your words won't have context. All right, enjoy.